Good morning and welcome to another Brian Post uh, devotional podcast. We have been going through the book of 1 Corinthians and we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to be taking a look at verses, uh, chapter 7 rather, we're going to be taking a look at verses 1 to 9. And because this is a lengthy passage, we're going to deal with it in probably a couple of a couple of portions. I'm just going to go ahead and jump in with the text. Paul starts in chapter 7 by saying, Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, immorality, let each man live his own, uh, have his own wife, and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due to her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do, you, do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. And come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. But I say this as a concession, not as a commandment, for I wish that all men were even as myself. But... Each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. But I say to the unmarried and to the widow, widows, it's good for them if they remain even as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it's better to marry than to burn with passion. Paul says, concerning the things which you wrote to me, this verse serves as a poignant reminder that while our scriptures draw inspiration from God the divine, they weren't simply bestowed upon us as heavenly pronouncements. In other words, they didn't just drop out of the sky. They weren't delivered on the wings of a dove. Within this passage, we uh, were prompted to recognize that the words we're engaging with constitutes a letter penned by a spiritual father to his cherished uh, spiritual progeny. Paul's disclosure wasn't solely a discourse of lofty theological abstractions. It also encompassed his response to their inquiries. He was answering their questions, in other words, about tangible impl implementation of their recently embraced faith. And then he says it's good for a man not to touch a woman. Now this might sound odd initially, but it starts making sense when we think about the situation going on at Corinth. Remember, Paul's talking about staying pure and not getting involved in wrong ways of behaving. So during Paul's time in, uh, during Paul's time rather in the, the the city of Corinth was known for being a hypersexual city, where people of the city focused on casual sexual relationships. There are a lot of reasons for this, like the city was located, where like where rather the city was located, the different kinds of people there, and a temple. Um, for uh, 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 the uh, for Aphrod Aphrodite's temple, Aphrodite's temple, and that was just to name a few. So, from what we conclude, Corinth Corinth was strategically situated on a narrow strip of land called the Isthmus of Corinth, which connected the uh, Peloponnese Peninsula to mainland Greece. Boy, that was hard to say. This uh, location made it a bustling commercial center and a major crossroads for trade and travel. So think of an ancient Toronto, Los Angeles, and New York. For the day, it was a huge city. 
with sailors and merchants and travelers passing through, the city gained a reputation for cosmopolitanism and a transient population, often leading to a more permissive social atmosphere. You know, they probably had a saying in Paul's day that went along the lines of, hey, what happens in Corinth stays in Corinth. Another fact was that Corinth was the home of, to the temple, as I mentioned earlier, of Aphrodite, the Greek, the Greek goddess of love and beauty. The temple employed many priests known as um, hierodols, or sacred prostitutes, who engaged in sexual acts as part of their religious duties. Uh, this sacred prostitution was considered a form of worship and was intertwined within the, the city's cultural fabric. Remember, some of the Corinthian women in the church may very well have been these type of women before coming to faith in Christ. So we might want to consider that this passage may not have been directed um, to men in the church at all. Paul could very well have been instructing the women of Corinth about what is proper Christian etiquette. It's quite possible that Paul was saying to the women um, that it's not good for a man to touch you regardless of your experience or cultural norms. For all we know, some of the former uh, Herodites may have been trying to Christianize their trade. Regardless of the specific situation in Corinth, we can see throughout the text that Paul is restoring the sanctity of marriage and the marriage bed experience, lifting sex out of the trivial and the mud that pagan religion had dragged it through. The pagan use of sex did not lift it up, it made it cheap and common, kind of like lighting a candle in a religious building. Sure, it may ha have meaning at the time, but it has no lasting value. But from a biblical worldview, sex was never meant to be an act of worship in how it was promoted within the pagan religion, so I want to be clear about that. There's been a line of thinking among some Christians that the only purpose for sex is procreation. However, we don't share this view. don't believe this is what the Bible teaches at all. Sex is a gift from God. It's meant to be pleasurable. Its purpose is to solidify the spiritual, emotional, social, and physical bond between a man and the woman while also being used as a tool for procreation. From the beginning, the intention was that the two would become one flesh, but that they would also procreate. The New Testament William Barclay says of this passage, Paul's answer is extremely practical. In effect, he says, remember where you're living. Remember that you're living in Corinth where you can't even walk along the street without temptation rearing its head at you. Remember your own physical constitution and the healthy instincts which nature has given you. You'll be far better off to marry than to fall into sin. And that's again from William Barclay's letter to the Corinthians. That's the third edition. Okay, for application, once again, Paul's counsel to the Corinthians transcends the boundaries of time and culture. In a world where sexual norms and pressures continue to evolve, his words echo a universal truth. Love, marriage, and sexuality are meant to be guided by a deeper, by a deeper spiritual understanding beyond the societal whims. The context of Corinth, Corinth is a powerful reminder that the spiritual principles are our stead, steadfast compass in navigating the intricate landscape of human relationships.